Good morning, folks. This morning, uh, we're starting a 10-part series on the life of David. Uh, we're going to start this morning in 1 Samuel chapter 16, and we're going to work our way all the way through to 2 Samuel chapter 9. And we're going to see amazing examples of, uh, of the grace of God working in David's life. We're going to see uh, the heart of David and things that we can learn from that. Um, and the, the, the 10 series is going to mainly focus on some of the, the great qualities that we see in David's life. But we know that there were many things that, that weren't perfect and that weren't right. And, and we're going to spend time to look at those as well. Uh, we'll come back to the series again um, once we've had a break to, to look at some of the more uh, tragic parts of David's life as well. And consider those too, because they're important lessons for us in those as well. In the Bible, we, uh, we read about amazing heroes of the faith. We read about men and women who are, who are great examples to us. Uh, we see the example of Enoch, who, who walked with God. What a wonderful thing to be said of a man that he, he walked with God. We know that Moses was uh, described as the friend of God, that God spoke to him as a man speaks with his friend face to face. Elijah was a man of faith. Uh, Deborah was one of the great judges of the Old Testament. John the Baptist was described by Jesus as the greatest man who ever lived. There was a lady called Lydia who started a church in her home. Dorcas was known as a woman who, who, who did great acts of kindness towards the church and the people of God. Uh, we see people like Barnabas, who was known as the son of encouragement. All these people had, had great things that were said about them. More recently for us in the last uh, weeks and months, we've seen a few great men pass on to be with the Lord in glory. Men like uh, Ravi Zacharias, who stood for the truth and were willing to stand and defend the truth of the Bible. Men like um, J.R. Packer, who were great authors and were servants of the church in, in bringing um, important messages that God wanted to share with the church. David was, uh, had a great title. He was called a man after God's own heart. What an amazing thing to be said about somebody and Paul gives this incredible tribute uh, about David. Um, in describing the lineage of Jesus, uh, we, we read from Luke's account in Acts 13 verse 17, The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm he led them out of it. And for 40 years he put up with them in the wilderness. After destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After that, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. And when they asked for a king, God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. And then in verse 22, we read these incredible words. And when he had removed him, that is Saul, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do my will. Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a saviour, Jesus, as he promised. So we see in these verses in Acts, Paul describing in just a few verses, a summary of the history of Israel from the time when they were taken out of Egypt all the way through. And that those are the stories that we learned about in Exodus all the way through to the judges, which we've skipped over to Saul as king, who we're going to touch on very briefly today. And then on to David, who will be the subject of our study over the next nine weeks. Paul calls David, the son of Jesse, a man after God's own heart who will do my will. 
This morning, we're going to take a little bit of time to consider what it means to be a man or woman after God's heart. We're going to see in the next nine weeks, uh, David's heart, something about David's heart. We're going to see his heart of uh, friendship, which was incredible. His heart of forgiveness and trust, even when he was hated without a cause. We're going to see how David loved his enemies, how his heart was inclined towards good counsel. We're going to see how David chose to do God things God's way and how his generous heart reached out to Mephibosheth, who should have been his enemy. And we'll see how at the end of all of this, God makes a covenant with David. And it's this covenant that he makes that takes us all the way through to the Lord Jesus, who in fact is of the line of David and who becomes and is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We have this amazing verse at the end of um, David's life, and it's a, it's a verse in which he encourages his son Solomon to follow after his own heart. And I want to read these verses from First Chronicles 28 verse 9. It says, at the end of David's life, we see him passing on the baton to Solomon with these words. You, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Wow. These are incredible words that David shares at the end of his life with his son. It's almost as he's looking back on his own life and seeing how he sought God, but also thinking back on the life of Saul and how as Saul rejected God, so God rejected Saul. Uh, God could see through uh, the outward appearance. And we're going to think a lot about that today, looking at the outward appearance versus looking at the heart, how God could see through the outward appearance to the heart. And so we have this incredible promise. If you seek God with all your heart, he will be found by you. And that's what I want to encourage you and I this morning to do, to really seek God with all our heart, to not put on appearances, but to be genuine in seeking God. Let's read our passage together this morning. It comes from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 to 13. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. And you shall anoint for me whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to him to meet him trembling and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. This is really our verse for today. The Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abnabab and made him pass before Samuel. 
And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest or the smallest. But behold, he is out keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him. For we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David and from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Ramah was Samuel's home. Let's pray together. Lord, as we come before you this morning and as we consider these words of Scripture from the Old Testament, as we consider the life of Saul and as we consider the life of David, we just ask, Lord, that you would speak deeply into our hearts, that you would convict us of uh, what is so important to you, that you look at the heart, you don't look at the outward appearance. Lord, we know that so often that's where we look first. That's what we're most concerned about. But we know, Lord, that you're interested in what is in our hearts. And so we pray that you would speak to our hearts today, that you would convict them of what they need to be convicted of, but that, Lord, you would lead them into the way that you want us to walk so that we can honor you, so that we can glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning we're going to consider how God looks past the outward to the heart. We're going to think about how God rejects a heart of rebellion. And we're going to think about how God accepts a contrite heart. And finally, how God is looking for an obedient heart. We don't have time this morning to do a full study of Saul's life. But we do need to take just some time to consider why God rejected Saul. As we started this passage this morning, we see that Samuel is greatly upset. That he's mourning the fact that Saul has been rejected as king and that he has to now go and anoint a new king. Saul was in fact an incredible king. He did so much good. He was a man of valor. He started his reign in great humility. And though he was head and shoulders above everybody else, he, he said to Samuel, when Samuel came to give him the message that he was going to be king, he said, why choose me? I, I'm just a Benjamite. I'm the least of the tribes. And the clan that I come from is the smallest and the humblest of all the clans of Benjamin. Samuel really loved Saul and he had seen God use Saul in an amazing way. But God realized what people needed more than anything else was a leader who would hold them back from evil. God was able to protect his own people. God was able to look after them. But God wanted to choose a man who would lead them in the right way, who would lead them into battle for sure to protect them, but who would lead them in the right way. And so in Samuel chapter 9 and verse 17, when Samuel comes to Saul, God speaks to Samuel and says to Samuel, this is the man of whom I spoke. He is a man who will restrain my people. This is Samuel 9 verse 17. God was looking for a man who would restrain his people from doing wrong, who would lead them in the right way and lead them in the, in the heart of God. Also, God would give Samuel, uh, Saul a second task. We see that in, in Samuel 10 verse 1 where it says, You shall reign and save them from the hand of your surrounding enemies. 
And in this regard, Saul really fulfilled what God wanted him to do. He became a man of incredible valor, although he was a humble man. And in fact, when they wanted to crown him as king, they couldn't find him. He was hiding in the luggage and in the baggage. Um, but God put his spirit into Saul. And because of that, Saul became an incredible man of valor. He went and fought against the enemies. He fought against the Philistines. And we see in the summary of Saul's 40 years of king as being king in, in Samuel chapter 14, we read these words. When Saul had taken his kingship over Israel, he fought against all his enemies on every side, against Moab, against the Amorites, the Edomites, the kings of Zobah, against the Philistines. Wherever he turned, he routed them. And he did valiantly in striking down the Amalekites. But there are two incidents in the life of Saul that are very important in understanding why God rejected Saul. Here we see two incidents that speak about Saul's rebel heart. And this is something which is so important because God looks past the outward appearance and he looks to the heart. In Samuel chapter 13, in 1 Samuel chapter 13, there's an incredible battle brewing. The battle is brewing against the Philistines. The Philistines have brought thousands of chariots and 6,000 horsemen and so many soldiers that they can't be numbered. And when the people of Israel see them, their hearts grow weak and they start to flee and run to the hills and hide wherever they can find a place to hide. And it's at this point that Saul does something which is very tragic because Samuel had told him to wait. Samuel was going to come and offer a sacrifice before the Lord. But Saul wouldn't wait for Samuel. He grew impatient when he saw the people running and fleeing, and he decided to take it on himself to offer the sacrifice. Here is a moment when Saul needs to stand with the people to wait for the deliverance of the Lord. Samuel is on his way, but Saul doesn't wait. He acts in fear and he, he offers the sacrifice himself, which he wasn't authorized to do. And sadly, Samuel has to pronounce the word of the Lord, which says, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of, the, of your God, which with he commanded you. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. In Samuel 13, verse 13, we hear this very tragic proclamation from Samuel. Samuel announces that God is going to remove the kingdom from Saul's line and he's going to give it to somebody else. We know that the lineage of kings was very important. It was passed from father to son and from father to son through the years. But in this verse, Samuel proclaims that he's going to take that kingdom away. We know Jonathan, and we'll see it in the, in the studies that come. Jonathan was an amazing man. Perhaps he would have made an amazing king. But at this point, God takes the kingdom away from Saul. And he says, your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. What was wrong with this scene? Surely Saul was seeking out God. Surely he wanted to offer a sacrifice. But as God looks at the heart, he sees something different. He sees Saul wanting to make an appearance before the people, wanting to do something which will Give the people courage because they see the outward appearance of what's happening. But God was wanting a king who would love him and serve him from the heart. God had given charge over his people to the king. See, God was their king. God was the one who would protect them, not the kings. 
It was God who would lead them, and it was God's people who Saul was reigning over. They were not his people. They were God's people, his precious people. We're going to leave that thought hanging a moment, and we're going to come to the next thought, which is God rejects a rebellious heart. And the next story that we look at comes just a chapter before the verses that we've looked at here in chapter 16. In chapter 15, God sends Saul on a very specific mission. It's a mission to completely destroy the Malachites. The Malachites were a nation or a tribe that had given the Israelites a terrible time through the desert walk. They had mercilessly picked out the vulnerable, the woman, the old, the children who were lagging behind. These were a people who had mercilessly marauded the Israelites on their journey. This was a tragic scene. And so God was bringing um, his judgment against his people. And he commanded Saul very specifically to go and destroy these people completely. Destroy everything about them. Their livestock, their tribe, and leave nothing behind. But Saul gathers together the people and he goes against the Amalekites, but he doesn't follow God's command. He decides to follow what he says the people have told him to do. And so he keeps back the very best of what the Amalekites had, the best sheep, the best goats, the best bulls. And he claims that he keeps them back because he wants to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. Not only does he keep back the best of the Malachites' plunder, but he also saves the king of the Malachites and doesn't kill him. And so God tells Samuel to go and confront Saul. And when he arrives, Saul has a rebellious heart. Saul says these words, Blessed be you to the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What then is this bleating of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? Samuel says, They brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep. Samuel says to him, Why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you pounce on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? And here we see Saul's rebellious heart. Uh, Saul says to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. I have brought Agag, the king of the Amalekites. I have devoted the Amalekites to destruction. But the people took the spoil, the sheep and the oxen, the best of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Here we see a, a rebellious heart. Here we see a heart of Saul which claims that he's done everything right. I have done what you've commanded me. But he didn't obey the Lord fully. He chose which of the laws, which of the commands to follow and which ones he would decide to act in his own discretion. And so we see Saul here going directly against God's clear instruction. He chose to follow what would please the people. He chose to follow what would please his own heart instead of pleasing what God would have want him, wanted him to do. Last week was a, a real challenge to me. I, um, I was really challenged to do something that, uh, that was wrong, to do something that would have gone against the laws of our land with regards to the lockdown that we have at the moment. And perhaps you've been challenged to do the same. Perhaps you've, you've thought, well, these laws are really unjust and they don't really suit me and, and nobody will really know and maybe it doesn't matter if I follow them or not. But God is looking to our heart. God is wanting us not to have a rebellious heart, not to do what we think is right in our own eyes, 
but to follow his laws. And his laws are aligned with the laws of the land. Provided they're not telling us to go against God's word. When the law of the land tells us to do something, we need to follow it. And we need to check our hearts against a rebellion. A rebellion against the government that God has put in place. A rebellion against the laws that have put in place. A rebellion against God's own laws. We need to ask ourselves, are we following them with an open heart, with a heart of obedience? Or are we choosing which laws we will follow and which ones we refuse to follow? Samuel says, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. This must have hurt Samuel so much to pronounce these words. Firstly, in the first occasion, Samuel took away the lineage of the kingdom from Saul. And now he has taken away the kingdom as well. He said, God has rejected you as king because you have a heart of rebellion. But Saul still has a chance to repent. And we move on to our third point, which is God accepts a contrite heart. David writes in the famous psalm regarding his own sin, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. God accepts a contrite heart. And so as Samuel comes to Saul and makes this proclamation, we see how Saul responds. In verse 24, verse 15, it says, I have sinned for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, pardon my sin and return with me that I may bow before the Lord. Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you for you have rejected the word of the Lord. And the Lord has rejected you. Samuel turns to leave and Saul grabs his coat and he actually tears his coat. And Samuel says, just as you've torn my coat, so God has torn the kingdom away from you. And in verse 30, he says, I've sinned, yet honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel and return with me that I may bow before your God. We see some words here that are very subtle. We see a heart here that is perhaps on the outward looking like it is repentant. But on the inward side, there's only one thing. Saul wants to regain what he has lost. Saul wants to have a standing before the people acknowledged. Saul is not acknowledging God as his king or as his Lord. He says, before your Lord, before your God, I have sinned. There's something very subtle that's happening here. Saul has realized the consequences of his sin. But he's not willing to acknowledge the sin as something which has offended God deeply. He's not willing to be contrite and humble before God. All he wants is for his sin to quickly be pardoned and to move on. Let's forget about it. Okay, I acknowledge that I've sinned, but let's just move on. Folks, as we look at our own hearts this morning, I wonder if we have a contrite heart before God when we've sinned. Do we examine ourselves? Do we acknowledge what we've done before God? Do we acknowledge that we have grieved the Holy Spirit? Or do we just quickly want to move on? 
yes, I know God has forgiven me and I'm, I'm just moving on quickly. God wants us to be really repentant in our hearts before him. Not like Saul here who, who wasn't contrite, who, who wasn't broken before God. Finally, God is looking for a heart of obedience. Sadly, Saul had an opportunity, uh, firstly, to be contrite before God, but he also had an opportunity to be obedient before God. And we read those verses where Samuel says it's more important to obey than to sacrifice. Samuel eventually comes back with Saul and he ends up putting to death the king of the Amalekites. This is what Saul should have done. Saul should have come before Samuel and said, I will go and make recompense. We will destroy everything now. We will destroy the king. We will destroy all this livestock as we, have, as we were meant to have done. But Saul does not do that. And so Saul is rejected. Folks, this morning, I wonder if you have a heart of obedience. I wonder if you are acting as God wants. When, uh, when Jesus was speaking to the crowds and they uh, were, were praying for his blood, he said to them this. He said, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. God is looking at the heart. Are you just interested in what people see on the outside? Or are you concerned about your heart this morning? Are you concerned like David about true repentance? Do you have a heart like David, which was a heart after being obedient to God and doing what God wanted? Or is your heart purely serving its own interests and your own interests? Surely David saw what had happened to Saul, a king whom he loved, a king whom he respected as God's anointed, a king whom We'll see in the coming uh, lessons, he, he served with a great and wholehearted heart, but a king whom God rejected because he had a rebellious heart, because he was not contrite, because he did not obey, and because he was only interested in the outside appearances. As we start our new series uh, in the coming weeks, we read this verse in chapter 16. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? Since I've rejected him from being king over Israel, fill your horn with oil. I send you now to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I've provided for myself a king among his sons. We're going to study the life of David in the next few weeks. We're going to see how he had such a generous heart. He had a humble heart. He had a valiant heart. He sought after God. But this morning, folks, as we, as we start this series, let's take time to think about our own hearts. Where are we before God? Are we rebellious before God or are we humble before him? Are we contrite? Are we obedient? Are we looking to those things that really matter to him? Or are we concerned about the things which matter to ourselves? Let's take time to pray. Father, as we come before you, we acknowledge, Lord, that so often our hearts are in completely the opposite direction to what you want during this time of COVID, it's so easy for our hearts to become rebellious, to become rebellious against the laws, to become rebellious against our government and to become rebellious against your laws, which you have set out in your word. We pray, Lord, that we would be those people who stand for what is right, who do what is right, even when it hurts us, even when it's something which is painful to us because we fear you, not because we fear man. We pray, Lord, that our hearts will be Incline towards your word, that our hearts would be uh, generous and humble 
and that our hearts would worship you as they did, as we see in the example of David. We pray for our series that's coming up. We pray that as we study the life of David, our, our own lives will be brought into sharp focus and you will help us to become more like you, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray these things for your honour and for your glory. Amen. <laughs>